There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast. We have Sports Canada. I'm your host, William Lou, speaking to you after the Toronto Raptors. Lose by a score of 116-103 to 103 against the Brooklyn Nets, um, thereby failing to sweep this team. Uh, it would have been very unlikely, let's be honest, for the Raptors to sweep the Nets. The Nets are clearly much better. But um, I would say the opportunity was kind of there. I think the Raptors have a pretty good game plan against the Nets. Um, and their scheme today was not dissimilar to their scheme when the Raptors uh, beat this team in February. That was with Harden and with Kyrie and, you know, a weird half of KD where he came and came in. Then halfway through the game, he had to check out due to contact tracing. Uh, and also the Raptors beat the Nets uh, last week with um, without KD and Harden. And the plan is pretty simple. We killed the Batman. No, I'm kidding. Uh, the, the plan is pretty much we're going to send double teams at their stars. And the Raptors, you know, if you've watched this team with any sort of involvement, you, know, um, you will know that the Raptors do this quite often. And, yeah, the Nets are not necessarily the easiest team to do that against because they do have so many star play- or so many shooters outside of their star guys. Uh, and that's what ultimately hurt the Raptors tonight. But you do live with that if you can keep... Kevin Durant to seven field goal attempts. I mean, that's that's pretty good. The only way to stop KD is to make sure he doesn't actually shoot the basketball because obviously everything this guy touches is going to go in. He still had 17 points, even though he only t- took seven shots. Some Malachi Flynn-esque um, efficiency, if I must say so myself. And Kyrie Irving with three of 13 from the field um, for, for nine points. So that's excellent. That's excellent in terms of how much the Raptors were able to do against them. However... You know, sending hard double teams at Kevin Durant, you know, pretty much wherever he was on the floor, especially if he got inside the three-point arc, is a surefire way to give up some shots. And, um, yeah, the Nets has a whole shot, 18 of 45 from three. And, you know, I I will have to say, though, it didn't really feel that bad watching the three-point shots, mostly because I was kind of okay with living with it. Like, 
it, it wasn't necessarily the three-point shooting in the Nets that killed the Raptors. I think really the Raptors missed a lot of their chances offensively for, for, from their perspective. A lot of layups left short, a lot of threes, a lot of heavy legs for some of their guys. Um, but really, I just think that like if you look at it, Landry Shaman shooting 2 of 7, Joe Harris 4 of 9 is good, but like, you know, I mean, that's what Joe Harris would do pretty much anyway. Jeff Green 3 of 9, that's what, about what you expect. Blake Griffin, you know, going 2 for 4, okay, that's okay. And then Mike James hitting a 3, Tyler Johnson with two threes. Like, it's no one off the bench really or in, in that surrounding crew that really hurt you that badly. So I didn't actually have that much of an issue with the Raptors defense. It was really the Raptors offense that really you know, was 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 really hard to watch at times because not necessarily because the ball stuck and the Raptors couldn't get anything good. It was really just the Raptors couldn't capitalize when they had good looks. And I'm really looking at two guys when I'm seeing that because I would say OG took his opportunities, took his chances, converted them, was very efficient as usual. Uh, Kem Birch was pretty good as well. Um, you know, especially on the offensive glass, nine offensive rebounds, bro. That hasn't happened. For a long time. I mean, I was going to say since Bismack Biombo in 2016 and that uh, legendary conference finals run by Bismack. But I, had, I do remember a time where uh, Jakob Proto had like 11 offensive rebounds against the Warriors one time. Against KD's uh, Warriors. Um, but, you know, and, and Kyle was really good too. Kyle with 24 points, 8 of 14 shooting, 6 of 9 from 3. Uh, excuse, by the way, if you can hear the rain in the background, it just randomly started pouring in Toronto. Maybe... Um, the, the weather is sad about the Raptors, as we all are. But um, really what I'm looking at is two guys in particular, Pascal and Fred, who these guys obviously are two of the main pieces on the Raptors, two of the main options, but they just weren't there tonight in terms of their offense. I mean, Pascal, 2 of 16. Yeah, the 0 for 5 from 3, it happens. You know what I mean? Like, yes, you know, we know he's a streaky shooter. Uh, he's been kind of an unreliable shooter this season. He's made some threes of late, which has been promising. But today he had a lot of open looks and just bricked all of them. And even in the paint, uh, where Pascal has done a really good job, especially against the Nets this season. I mean, Pascal had a really good game against the Nets just the last time they played. Uh, yeah, he just left a lot of layups short. You know, he had a late turnover there. You know, I would say, honestly, I thought when they reviewed it, they would have just given that call to the Raptors. I thought Joe Harris was moving. But in any case, Joe Harris stepping in for a charge and Pascal getting denied of uh, an and one opportunity there. But Pascal, 2 of 16 from the field. And then Fred, 4 of 17. And Fred, 3 of 12 from 3. I mean, it was just a very frustrating night for those guys. You know, and and Fred, um, credit to Fred, by the way. You know, after tough losses, Fred is always there in front of the media. Always. Always. And that's not easy. You know, obviously you're opening yourself up a little bit to criticism when that happens. But Fred's kind of the guy who's, you know, willing to do that. Um, You know, I, I would say if you go through the Raptors' losses where Pascal has struggled... I don't think he's appeared even once. You know, whatever, that's a choice. But in any case, I do credit Fred for doing that. And Fred, you know, he was very open and transparent when he was asked about, were you feeling okay physically? Because it didn't look like he was. Like, it didn't really look like, you know, he was... Had he had any burst, had any juice at all? Um, You know, Fred answered honestly, and he said, I feel like shit. (laughs) Those those were his words. He said, like shit. Um, And, you know... uh, whether you want to credit to the hip or to the COVID or whatever, the, the bottom line is that Fred wasn't feeling great physically and you're kind of just fighting through it. And, you know, I think maybe you can look at Nick Nurse for giving him 42 minutes, which seems like a lot. Um, I understand that there's a difficult defensive assignment in Kyrie, and, and, and Fred did a good job on Kyrie. Don't get me wrong. I mean, Kyrie's about 3 of uh, 13. You got to give him some credit there, too. But um, 42 minutes seems like a lot, especially on a night where Fred was really struggling 
and Malachi was playing really good off the bench. Maybe you, in retrospect, you maybe balance that out a little bit. You take three from Fred, you give three to Malachi. It looks a little bit more even that way. Um, but yeah, they just didn't have it. I don't know what else to say. I mean, those two guys combined to shoot six of thirty-three from the field. That's shocking, honestly. Right? Like, um, that's just a lot of points missed. And it's not even like there weren't good opportunities for these guys. Like, Fred was getting wide open threes and he was just missing them. Like, to the point where, you know, he was <laughs> about to tear his jersey, Mark Gasol style, man. <laughs> uh, he was, I don't know if he was going to shave his head like Mark, but uh, he, it, was, it was similar to that frustration that Mark was feeling in that game seven um, against uh, the Celtics. And, yeah, I mean, you know. It, he was missing open looks. So was Pascal. I don't really know what else to say. Like, I mean, I guess this is just kind of part of the season, right? I mean, this is, look, it's part of playing sports in, in general anyway. You're not always going to take all your chances. It happens. But I will have to say, though, that, like, you know, their inconsistency this season, which, again, does have some real, real reasons why they would be inconsistent. I don't want to be, like, uh, unsympathetic at all on this front whatsoever. Like, don't forget these people had covid and not only that, it's not necessarily just the COVID itself, but just being off for three straight weeks must really, really hurt your conditioning in the middle of the season to try to get it back. In any case, though, like um, their inconsistency is is something that hurts the Raptors. Like I really do think the Raptors need their guys to be there. I don't know, like 85 percent of the time. And yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's not like you know Fred and Pascal are the only two guys that are inconsistent. You know, you could say OG sometimes. Um, is inconsistent, although you might honestly say OG, in terms of his roles, the most consistent on a night-to-night basis. I thought Fred was very consistent at the start of the season, but, you know, post-COVID, he's really been hit or miss. And then Pascal has just been a roller coaster ride kind of all season, even though the stats look pretty flat and steady. Uh, just want the viewing experience of watching Pascal is like, oh, okay, it's like a little bit out of control sometimes. A little shaky, a little sloppy, but... And, and Kyle's been up and down, too. Like, let's, let's be honest. Like, we obviously have different standards for Kyle, right? Like, when Kyle goes... You know, three for thirteen, which happens like once a week. We we don't say anything, right? Cool. Uh, but you know, I, I just think that when you're looking at these two guys, Fred and Pascal in particular, like they're looked at so much as two young leaders of this team that you just need them to be there consistently. Like I mean, like 90 percent of the time, and maybe that's unrealistic given their physical situations in the moment. But um, you know, it's also something that I would be remiss not to mention. I really do think that. That's something that hurts this team. Um, it's not that they can't perform to that level. Like, we've seen Pascal play great. Like, he'll have, like, 27, you know, 5-5, five and five and, you know, you know, we'll compliment him on his driving, his handling, his, you know, um, his playmaking. You know, Fred can definitely get a lot. I thought he was fantastic in the Knicks game. Sensational. Um, and he's obviously had great moments. But he's just needed all the time for this team to win. And, yeah, tonight they weren't there. But, you know, the other three starters were there, and um, that's good, right? Uh, OG, I thought, was sensational. Uh, you know, um, this is his fifth consecutive game with over 20 points, which is very, very Im- impressive. I think OG's really had, the, in terms of who's improved the most this season, um, I mean, to be honest, you can't really say it's not Chris Boucher, considering he, I mean, Chris went from, like, third string to, like, yo, he's giving you, like, 38 and 19 sometimes. But I would say in terms of, like, consistently, tangibly on a night-to-night basis, I thought OG has really, really taken his game to another level this season. Um, I mean, you just look at all the things. Like, he's doubled his three-point attempts from last season. 
while still hitting at the exact same efficiency, which is very, very good to be able to scale up your production that way. Um, but you're also seeing like more like tools in the bag for OG, which I mean, like honestly, there are some very, very nice plays that you're seeing from him on a night to night basis that kind of stand out. Like today, for example, he had a play where the ball ricocheted to him and he had KD one on one and decided to attack and drive at KD. And listen, man, KD is a very, very good defender. Right, he, he, when KD is locked in, KD could be. KD is an elite defender, bro. He's seven feet tall. He moves around. He's got arms. You know, this guy's like, this guy's got the wingspan of Treebeard from Lord of the Rings. Um, in any case, OG took Durant one on one, crossed him up at the three point line, and took it inside for a dunk. Like that's legitimately impressive. Another player where he took it at KD in the post, drove it at him, shot a post fadeaway. The way KD would shoot a post fadeaway. Now, again, I'm not trying to equate KD and, and OG. Say saying they're equivalent players. That's ridiculous. What I'm trying to say is, though, that OG's making very, very impressive plays. Late in the game, he had a, a cutting dunk where KD was a little bit late, but was still there to challenge. But OG was able to take it in very strong, dunk it with two hands. Uh, OG's been sensational. And, you know, I, I like the way the Raptors are emphasizing him. There's this, you know, transition lineup right now where... Uh, Kyle and OG are out there with three of the bench guys. And in that situation, OG's kind of the featured player, right? Kyle obviously is a guy who can create, Malachi can create a little bit. But in terms of who's going to score for you in, in, inside, is OG. And they're posting OG. Like, there was a play where they gave the ball to OG in the post. He drew a foul, I think, on Joe Harris, you know, on the inbound. The Raptors went straight back to OG in the post in the exact same spot. And let him go to work. And I, I like seeing that. I really do. I think, you know, in terms of what's tangibly going to matter the most from what happened this season, what's the most significant, OG expanding his game is, like, number one on that list for me, man. 21.6 rebounds, 6 assists tonight, 2 steals as well. He, he keeps getting steals where guys start trying to just, like, throw up to him in the post, right? And KD was trying to post OG, Kyrie throwing the pass, and OG just jumping in there with his, like, seven foot four wingspan and just, you know, picking off the pass, taking it inside for, and transition for a dunk, like, you're seeing that, like, once a game from OG. And tomorrow, one, or uh, later in the week when the Raptors play Denver, OG's going to be guarding, you know, Jokic on some possessions, and he's done that to Jokic a number of times. So, like, that's really promising to see. Also, it is a full-on thunderstorm in Toronto. All right, cool. Um, so, it's going to be a moody podcast in that sense. But, yeah, OG's been sensational. He really has. There's nothing really to complain about. The only thing that affected OG today was three quick personal fouls in the first half that sort of limited his minutes early on. But, uh, yeah, in all the moments OG was on, I, I felt very confident. I thought Ken Birch was sensational as well. Nine offensive rebounds for Ken Birch, man. This guy was working on the glass. Now, the Nets are a team that are small, right? They're starting um, Jeff Green at center, and it didn't really feel like KD was trying to mix it up that much, although he did lead the team with 10 uh, rebounds, all defensive. But in any case... Ken Birch was able to get on the glass repeatedly, and that's very smart. I mean, listen, that's one way you can get uh, at this Nets team is sort of being physical inside. And one thing with Ken, I think that I maybe underrated before um, seeing him, you know, playing live on the roster, is like, this guy's super athletic. Like, it, and first off, you know, clearly, if you look at me uh, on YouTube or whatever, like, I'm clearly not a guy that, like, is like a workout guy or anything like that, but can we talk about the vascularity um, with Ken Birch, because this guy is super cut, uh, and he's very, very athletic, he's very bouncy, he's able to jump up really high, like, guys try to drive by him, like, Shamit try to drive by, use his quickness and his length, Shamit's, like, sneaky long as well, he's, like, 6'6", but Ken was able to just close in and, and recover and block him at the rim, like, he's very athletic, he's able to jump 
and just contest a lot of shots and get these offensive rebounds. Even in the second unit, the Nets, the Nets. I mean, Blake Griffin was their only big off the bench tonight. They kept the rotation to a tight to eight guys, and yeah, Birch was able to attack on the offensive glass. That was great. And I think what you're, what, what's really nice about Birch is that you know because he's athletic, he's able to catch and corral these certain passes in the paint um, on the roll, and from there he's able to make a play. Like it just. You know, this is simple stuff, but it's sort of like he's either going in strong for a little hook shot, a little floater. Not really a hook shot. Mostly a floater, a push floater, or like just, a, you know, driving in for a layup or a dunk. Or he is um, making the extra pass out, spraying it back out to the wing. And he's got that pass on the move. Sometimes I feel like his recognition could be a little bit better. Sometimes I feel like he forces the pass out. Sometimes he doesn't. But in any case... Those are all options with him. I think he's been a really nice, you know, pick and roll man. To be honest, today he played like a premium Bismarck Biombo game. To be honest, and I, I know that sounds almost like a diss, but like, you know, obviously Bismarck is like Raptors royalty for what he did that year. And yeah, I think we haven't had that much athleticism at the center position. Uh, you know, pretty. I mean, pretty much. Yeah, since Bismarck. So. You know, I think Serge had obviously was more athletic than Kem was when he was in OKC, but. By the time he got to Toronto, he was obviously more um, skill-based. And, yeah, I mean, Kem was fantastic. I can't say enough about this guy. He's been great. And then Kyle Lowry was, you know, exactly what you wanted from your point guard. In a tough game like this against some pretty difficult players, some star players, Kyle Lowry came out and set the tone. Hit some early threes. I think he had three threes in the first quarter. Like, really got the Raptors off to a nice start. You know, there was, you know, when the Nets were trying to pull away in the third quarter and they were really going to pull away, it was the lead was like double digits. Kyle comes out and hits a pull up three. Like, he was trying to do his thing, but it's just like, you know, the thing with Kyle is just like, you can't expect him to carry your offense, like, in terms of scoring, like, the whole way. Like, he's just, just that, that's not his game. It's never been his game. Even when Kyle was in his prime, like, in 2016, it's probably the one year he, you know, the Raptors really needed him to do that. But even then, he still had Demar, who was an All Star. Like he still had his other guys who could operate around him. And yeah, I don't know, man. That's never his game, really. Like Kyle was in the perfect role in 2019 when he was a distributor, uh, making plays around, leading, you know, and scoring where he can, taking his chances, but playing off of other guys. And he's great at doing that. He's able to make a lot of guys look amazing. But you know, his main guys today, Pascal and Fred. I mean. I mean, they led the team in shot attempts, you know, 17 for Fred, 16 for Pascal. And again, 6 of 33 from those two guys. That's just not enough. So that was disappointing. But I did think the starting five played well as a group. I thought they get, got good shots. They executed defensively quite well. Again, the, the, the defensive plan was if KD caught the ball anywhere inside the three-point arc, boom, immediate hard double. Like, it doesn't really matter who you're – well, not doesn't really matter. They were doubling with Birch. Which I think you need size against KD. You can't really just come through with like a small guy and then KD's like seven feet tall and just passing over Fred's head. Like that doesn't make sense to me. Um, so they're coming over with Birch and they were rotating well, but I, I like the way they rotated. Maybe late in the game they kind of got tired and gassed out, but um, you know that was the. I think the defensive execution was was decent. Like, look, the Nets are just incredible. Look, eighteen of eighteen from the free throw line, uh, eighteen of forty five from the three, forty percent, thirty assists. <laughs> Only 10 turnovers, like, I mean, yo, the Nets are the Nets, man. What are you going to do, really, right? So, um, but I think the Raptors uh, executed well. I think the starting five got good shots at offense. And again, guys were just missing. Like, you can't, you know, Pascal's posting guys that he was scoring on last week in the same matchups, but he was just missing. Or, you know, Fred was hitting, you know, open threes, you know, or, <laughs> basically the whole season. And, you know, 3 of 12 tonight. So, 
that's tough. In terms of your bench, guys, I thought the bench first shift was a little tough. You know, and that's that's usually when the, the Raptors go with more, like, four bench guys, one starter. Second half was a lot more three bench guys, one starter, or two starters. So that's a more um, balanced ratio. But, yeah, I just thought, you know, it's been tough. I mean, to be honest, Freddie Gillespie has not been that impressive the last few games. I think he's a little bit out of position. Um, and, yeah, I mean... It was always a bit of an adjustment for a rookie to come in like that uh, off, you know, some 10 days. But haven't seen the exact impact that we've seen. I think we've seen him be very capable. This wasn't a great matchup for him either. But I thought Blake Griffin really hurt him. Uh, 17 for Blake Griffin, 2 for Freddie Gillespie. That's it's a big swing in the bench. Um, Utah was fine in his role. Missed some threes, I would say. But also 2 for 5. I mean, that's pretty good for Utah. Um, I like this aggression offensively, although there are some times where just, like, the Raptors run a play and then they'll give the ball to Utah and he'll just immediately so quickly hit the ball back, like, at least take, like, a half beat, maybe look at the rim. I don't know, but, I, again, seven shots in 18 minutes for Utah, including five threes, is is pretty good. It's not like you. I want Utah to shoot, like, ten times. I just, this is about the amount of offense I expected from him. I thought he was fine in his role. Stanley came in, you know, I think... There were some possessions. Okay, so what happened was OG got into early foul trouble, so they needed a little bit more from Stanley. They, I mean, you just need some size on that wing, whether you're matched up against Blake or matched up against Jeff Green or Kevin Durant. They got some big. They got some big wings, and you know Stanley is a guy who can guard. To be honest, he did do a good job in the Cavs game, so I don't mind rewarding him. But he had one assist today, zero for two in seven minutes. It wasn't much. Rodney Hood came in for one possession, you know, took a shot, missed it. Bembry came in for four minutes. I don't know what's going on with Bembry's minutes, but I guess he's not really part of the plan. So he's was also kind of in there to fill in for OG rotationally. And basically the only guy they had coming off the bench to do too, to do actually make an impact was Malachi, who I thought, once again, in the second half, he, he made some really, really nice plays that were important plays. You know, when the Nets were threatened to, to pull away, Kyle gave him the three, but the Raptors also got... Um, Malachi, who, you know, hit a three after, the, you know, the Raptors put the ball into the post for OG. The Nets double-teamed, which I don't think OG's ever faced a double-team, let's be real. Uh, he just hasn't had that kind of impact offensively to warrant a double-team. But he commanded a double-team, and OG quickly kicked it out. OG's a great passer. Uh, well, not great passer, but, uh, I mean, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm not saying he's Magic Johnson or anything, but he does have really good recognition. He's unselfish. He's able to pass quite well. Um, he's, he's, not a, he's not a minus passer, for sure. Uh, but OG was going to kick it out to Flynn. Immediately bangs in a three off the bench. That was great to see. Then, um, you know, Kyrie tried to drive at Kyle. Kyle was containing him on the drive. And then Flynn comes in, rotates, and strips the ball away from Kyrie on the drive. Not easy to do. Kyrie's a very, very, very good ball handler. Um, you know, it makes very responsible decisions with the ball. Strong with the ball, too. And, yeah, Flynn strips Kyrie, you know, pushes the break, finds OG for and one in transition. I mean, that was sensational to see. And then Flynn just made a series of plays where, I look, listen, when Flynn can use his quickness, um, it's fun to watch. Like, it really is fun to watch. There's not a lot of rap guys on the Raptors who have blow-by ability, blow-by speed. I think, you know, I, like Pascal on a good day can get by his assignment, especially if he's matched up against some sort of, like, fours and things like that. Even You know, and, and, but even with Pascal, like, he mostly... He kind of does a half blow-by where he gets a step on a guy, and then he's so long that with just half a step or even one full step, he's able to sort of get to his shot and get to the rim. Flynn is different, man. Flynn is just so quick. Like, he'll just 
burst by you, man. Like, okay, so a few times now we've seen Flynn switched out on big guys. And today we saw Flynn switched out against Blake Griffin. And this is right after Flynn drove on Tyler Johnson and drove foul too. But he, he, he got switched out on Blake Griffin and blew past him so fast that all Blake Griffin had time to do was grab Flynn by the waist as Flynn was already by him. That's how badly he beat Blake off the dribble. And, and Flynn was still strong enough to finish the and one. So, I mean, outside of him missing a couple of threes, I thought Flynn was good. He came in early too. I thought he was aggressive in the first half too. Um, you know, he had... A pull-up mid-range jumper. Um, he had another play. But, yeah, I, I just liked Malachi's aggression tonight. It was really, really fun to watch. Uh, had some assists as well. You know, he, he gave it, the Raptors an, a nice little boost. But, unfortunately, it just wasn't enough. The Raptors decided to close with their starters, which, you know, f- fair enough. You know, I, I mean, they're, they're your starters. So you're probably going to close with them more often than not. However, the decision to take Malachi off the floor and put Fred back into the game or well, not even Fred back into the game, but keep Fred on the floor as well. Just didn't fully make sense to me. Um, you know, f- you know, I thought Fred could have used a breather. I mean, he, to be honest, he probably could have used a night off. He seemed like he needed some rest. But um, in any case, though, like Flynn was operating well. Flynn and Larry have played well together. Don't really see why specifically Flynn had to come out of the game in that situation. And eventually Nick did put Malachi back into the game when he went small. This happens a lot where he takes the center off the floor, goes to that small ball group, tries to get some offense. He did it against the Knicks as well. That time he used Gary Trent Jr. as the fifth replacement starter to, to take Birch off the floor. But And I don't mind that. I mean, I get it. You, you probably need a little bit more offense and a little bit more shoot three-point shooting. Although Birch does give you some offensive rebounding that maybe the Raptors could have used as well. In any case, though, um, you just, I don't know, man. I just, like, are you really going to play Kyle, Fred, and Malachi together? That's three six-foot guards, right? Like, just think about that. That's 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 not that's not, that's not a lot of height on the floor. And it's not like the Nets are, like, overwhelming in, in terms of how they drive to the paint and things like that outside of Kyrie. But, like, I mean, that's just, this is very little size. I mean, to the point where they have to, like, trap Mike James who, by the way, man, Leo was, 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 yo, Leo, Leo must be Mike James's agent, the way he was talking about Mike James on the broadcast, I mean, yeah, Mike James is, is a nice story, man, he's, he really came in, gave them a huge boost, he's gonna win the Gerald Henderson Award tonight, 11 points, 8 assists off the bench, was very impactful, close out the game for the Nets, fantastic, man, he kind of looks like Sergio Ramos, too, actually, it's actually kind of freaky, how much he looks like Ramos, in any case, um, yeah, but, like, the amount of times he was talking about Mike James, I, I honestly thought we were watching the 2006 Raptors again. Like, they were losing to the Nets. <laughs> and and it was just Mike James just all over the broadcast in, in, in April. Um, shout out Mike James, Raptors legend. The original Mike James, okay? This is Mike James the second. But in any case, like, yeah, I mean, yeah, Mike James played in the EuroLeague, whatever. Like, he was also in the Suns, like, a few seasons ago. Like, he's... He's, he's a good player. I get it. Um, in any case, though, like, yeah, I just, I don't like the, the, the three guards together at the same time. I thought maybe it could have been Flynn and Kyle there instead of Fred, especially on a night where Fred was struggling and he played 42 minutes on a night where he wasn't physically all the way there, as he, you know, as per his own words. Like, that didn't make sense to me. But, I mean, is that why the Raptors lost? No. The Raptors lost because their main guys couldn't make shots. And the Nets also, you gotta give them credit, man. They were sensational. Like, that's the thing with the Nets. This is a terrifying team. Like, really, this is a team that's going to add James Harden to this group. Like, that's that's stupid, man. You thought Mike James was good? Have you heard of James Harden? Like, <laughs> yeah, so, um, 
we'll see. Listen, we'll see. You know, the Raptors obviously giving their best shot tonight. Didn't get it done. It's not surprising. And, yeah, they go on this four-game road trip out west. And, you know, starting in Thursday in Denver, then Utah, then the Lakers, and then the, the Clippers. Like, it's going to be a tough trip. If the Raptors can get even two of those games, then... That'd be pretty good. Because honestly, if they don't get two wins, at least from that stretch, they're done. They got to get those two wins, and then they have to beat Washington. Otherwise, they're, they're pretty much done. There's really only, there's like 10 games left in the season, and the Raptors are 10 games under. Like, it is what it is at this point, right? So, uh, we'll see. But in terms of the, the future development on this team, though, I, I, I do think that OG and, and Flynn, just two standouts for me. Like, I think in terms of young guys, I mean, OG's 23, Flynn's 22. You know, Gary Trent's had some great moments. He's 22. Like, there is still a nice little young um, group there, sort of beneath, like, some of these other young guys as well. But, yeah, I don't know, man. It's uh, in the bigger picture, though. Like, that's that's what's most important is the development of those guys, and those guys have been great. But in terms of the actual product, your wraps are under t- 10 games under 500. You can blame whatever you want, but the results are the results. So, in terms of your uh, three stars from tonight's game, I would say that the uh, first star for me has to go to OG. Um, actually, no, nah, i got to give the first star to Kyle. I thought Kyle was sensational. Um, you know, I, I think it's very close between Kyle and OG, but I thought Kyle really came out and led the group really well. And, yeah, 24 points for Kyle, two rebounds, six assists, a block, 37 minutes, 8 of 14, 6 of 9 from 3. Kyle was great. He really was. What can I say? Second star, give it to OG. 21 points, 6 rebounds, 6 assists, 2 steals, 9 of 15 shooting, 3 of 5 from 3. Um, yeah. I love OG's confidence right now, man. It seems like, honestly, in terms of wide open looks, who do you trust? You know, like, the, you know, with, with my, <laughs> my best Max Kellerman impersonation, the, the Martians got the death beam pointed at Earth. You got one shot. You got to make it. Um, fate of the Universe on the line. I want OG Ananobi. <laughs> I want OG. I mean, honestly, man, OG, when he's open right now, is very automatic. His footwork is very good. He's, his shot looks super fluid. He looks very much in rhythm. He's very much confident. And, yeah, he's doing that. But he's also getting into the paint and affecting shots that way, too. It's great to see. Um, so. And then your third star. Um, you could give it to Malachi here. I think he really, I, I would personally really want to. 13 points, 2 rebounds, 3 assists. A great push off the bench. But you can't deny what Kevin Birch was doing, man. 13 points, 14 rebounds, including 9 on the offensive glass. An assist, a block, 5 of 9 shooting from the field, 3 of 4 from the three. Or from the free throw line, um, yeah, Kem was sensational, uh, and, and you know I'm sorry Malachi, but yeah, Kem, the extra possessions there were huge. And the Raptors got 15 offensive rebounds tonight against seven to the Nets. Like, I like that extra element that the Raptors can do uh, in terms of you know having some size in the middle. But you know, unfortunately, Kem Bridge can't play 48 minutes because if he could, you know, maybe the Raptors could have won this game. In any case. Uh, your Gerald Henderson award winner from this game, I already mentioned, is Mike James. 11 points, 3 rebounds, 8 assists, uh, 4 or 5 shooting from the field, a 3, 2 of 2 from the free throw line. Sensational. A lot of creating off the dribble, a lot of um, just tough shot making too, man. Turnaround jumpers. Uh, he's tough. He really is tough, man. This guy was Peyton Pritchard tonight. It, it really hurt me to watch it, but um, I'm happy for him. It's, it's a great story. Um, obviously, like... For a lot of these players, obviously, the dream is first and foremost to always play in the NBA, not necessarily play overseas. And um, shout out to Mike James, man. This guy really went overseas and then came back. A lot of players don't make that journey back. A lot of players make that journey from NBA to overseas. They don't really make it back. And yeah, salute Mike James. He was he was really good today, man. So uh, in 
you know, that, that does it for the podcast. In terms of um, content to look for this week, so Running Back is going to be recorded on Wednesday. We have a special guest, um, so look out for that. That's probably going to come out uh, on Thursday. So, uh, you know, me and Alex will try to entertain you as much as we can with what this Raptor season has been. Um, in terms of the newsletter, definitely should subscribe to the newsletter, um, the Raptors Reaction Newsletter. Uh, you're going to get it into your inbox after every game, so that means you're going to get it five times this week, because the Raptors play five times. Um, so, But in any case, I'll drop a link to the subscription link um, in the podcast description below. And yeah, if you enjoyed the podcast, please continue to rate, review, subscribe. That is very important to the growth of this show, to sort of expand it, to sort of support it. Um, and yeah, hopefully, look, the Raptors can do something in the next couple of games. I think we would feel great. To be honest, the Raptors had pretty good effort in this game. It just wasn't fully enough to win it. I mean, I mean, I think if they brought this kind of intensity and effort with some, like, even just average shot making for Fred and Pascal, like, they could probably take at least one of the three games on the road trip, but that's not going to be enough. They're probably going to need at least two, and it's going to be difficult. So we'll see what happens. I'll be here to cover it. You'll probably be here to watch it because you're a real fan. And, um, yeah, we'll be back on Thursday when the Raptors head out to Denver. Lovely, lovely Denver. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com.